This is American Real, where we aim to inspire, empower, and enlighten you through the stories of our guests. Here's your host, Roger Brooks. So let's talk about the state of the economy today. Why is now the time, Mike, to think about a reverse mortgage? Well, the silver lining is home values continue to remain okay. What determines the value of a home? It will never change. It's always jobs and there's plenty of jobs out there and supply and demand. And in my neck of the woods, they're not making any more land. And so the homes tend to uh, hold their value or, or continue to increase, even if it's a at a moderate pace. I think it's a great time uh, to at least begin to get educated about how a reverse mortgage can help their parents, help themselves, and really solve some problems that are you know very real out there, especially especially now with inflation. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Mike Browse. You are a reverse mortgage specialist, helping families pay for in-home elder health care. And for over 20 years, you have helped hundreds of families integrate their mortgage into their long and short-term financial plan by partnering with real estate professionals, financial planners, and estate planning attorneys. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, Roger. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure. I know we've been trying to connect for quite some time. We finally made it happen today. And uh, I would love to start out by you telling us a little bit about your brand and how we got connected through David Breyer's Brand Intervention Masterclass. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I'd love to set that up. I I uh, was looking you know, for a way to really crystallize what I represent to the you know, the senior community and kind of distill how I can help them and how I add value to them. And I found David through, uh, you know, various platforms. I think it was probably LinkedIn. And um, I actually responded or commented, I think on a LinkedIn post that he did. And on a Saturday morning, he called me <laughs> and we weren't ready uh, really ready to to get started at that point, but you know we stayed in touch and then uh, finally uh, invested in his uh, masterclass, and it really revolutionized the way I think about you know branding and rising above the noise. That's one of his uh, monikers, and of course that's where we we met as well. Yes, and I'd love for you to, if you can, Mike, talk a little bit further uh, about that because you say revolutionized, right? So. Many people, uh, myself included, when we hear branding, it, it kind of gets confused with marketing. So can you talk about your perception and your understanding of what the essence is of someone's brand and why it is so important? Yeah, so there is a lot of noise out there, if you will. Uh, people are vying for our attention, billboards, radio television, social media platforms. So really we're spoon fed what uh, the, maybe the media wants us to, to you know, recognize or uh, buy, if you will. 
So in the world of reverse mortgages, you have to differentiate yourself from, you know, the platforms that are out there that are really maybe using a celebrity spokesperson uh, to gain their attention. And how do I, as a kind of solo operator with a small team, reach my audience so I can add value to them and help them? So the branding thing was, okay, how do I convey into not only you know, pictures, colors, and a story to reach them, but how do I get on their consciousness and get in their consciousness about you know, how I can help them and, and how I'm different. So I think that's really what David helped me, you know, to do was to not think about it from, you know, maybe my standpoint, but think about it from the consumer standpoint and maybe some of the things that they're, uh, you know, living, going through and then connect my value uh, to their need and then see if there's a synergy. But you can't do that if, People, you can't help people if they don't know you exist. Right. And I think branding and the proper message really allows you to, to put yourself out there so they can find you. It's not like a, I'm looking for a, you know, a podium or a platform to, you know, to beat my, you know, fists on my chest and say, look at me. It's more like, no, look at me. I can help you. And this is the value that I can bring, you know, to your life or your community. No, that's so well said. And can you give us just one example of how you were able to go from where you were to where you are today, either through, you know, the messaging or what would what would be one example of something you were able to to take away from that program and apply it in the real world? Yeah, you know, we we look at the top three things that are kind of I'm going to use the word plaguing, but some of the top three things that are concerns among retirees. And we know that like 11,000 people are turning 65 every day wow. in America, 80% of them are not ready to retire. And these, these aren't my numbers. These are you know, the, the government statistics and surveys. Um, but among, among that group, um, there's over $10 trillion in home equity. So when it comes to identifying you know, some of the challenges that a lot of American homeowners are facing when it comes to identifying that, how do I distill a message that's going to connect, you know, with them, you know, in their heart, because they're looking for an answer. They're looking for a way to solve their, their problem. And in some cases, they don't know they have a problem because they haven't reached a, a point yet where it's like crisis. And then they begin to reach out. If you can, you know, somehow use your brand in your platform to bring that message to them before there is a crisis, you know, that, that I feel like that's, you know, preventative and that's the power of the message and getting out there. Wonderful. So this is a topic that I think many families talk about, right? Because as you mentioned, you know, finances is one of the most uh, uh, important topics of, of uh, conversation for elders. And I know just from my own family and clients that I have that they're they're wondering about these types of services that might exist. And I also know that your uh, product does carry with it some stigmas, right, about the industry in, in general. And I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit about the industry, you know, why there is that stigma 
and really the the truths about how this type of reverse mortgage can be beneficial to people. Yeah, thank you. You know, I think when you think of the um, now, here's something that might be a little controversial when I when I share it, but you know, hear me out in that when you think about a a the trust ladder, the trust ladder meaning you know if there was a ladder. And at the bottom, you had low trust. At the top of the ladder, you had high trust. Um, where do mortgage professionals fall on that trust ladder? Okay, so they're at the very bottom, right? And and they're joined. And this this may, again may seem a little you know controversial and counterintuitive, but really we're we're holding up the bottom with you know used car salespeople, and and we're also uh, holding up the bottom with you know attorneys which is kind of counterintuitive because there's so many great attorneys, but so, so there, here we are on this trust ladder. We got mortgage folks at the bottom, used car sales folks, and then attorneys. And then Roger, when you throw in the reverse mortgage piece of the mortgage of the, of, you know, of the mortgage being at the, at the bottom of the trust ladder, you're not even on the ladder anymore, <laughs> right? You're not even on the ladder anymore. So you actually have to, you know, do some substantial stuff to get yourself on the ladder and then you're starting at the bottom. So that's that's one challenge with reverse mortgages. And they say, well, why is that? Why, why is why are mortgage professionals and specifically reverse mortgage professionals, you know, so so low on the trust ladder? Here's here's kind of you know my my explanation. Number one, when you look at the top three things that people really don't know about reverse mortgages, but they think they know. I think it was um, was it Will Rogers that said it's 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 not what you don't know that will hurt you. It's what you know that just ain't so that will hurt you. So when we talk about myth perceptions or common things about the reverse mortgage itself that are not accurate, this is where we can kind of change the the dialogue or change the opinion. So the number one thing is that you know the bank owns your home. Well, the bank does not own your home. You remain on title. You own the home. It's just that you have a mortgage on it. And it just happens to be a reverse mortgage. So that is one of the number one thing that people think when they come to me is that the bank's going to own my home. So you remain on title. Everything that you've got set up with a trust or a will, it all follows, you know, legally. Um, that the heirs, you know, uh, it transfers and trusts, and I'm not an attorney and all that, but just know that the the borrower owns the home. The homeowner remains on title. The second thing is that the heirs or the children feel like they're going to be X'd out of any remaining equity once their parents pass. And that's, that's not true either. Um, really, all that has to happen is when the the homeowner passes is that the existing lien gets paid off, but any remaining equity stays with the estate or, or with the heirs. So those are the two biggest things. And, and the number three is that they're so expensive. They're so expensive. You know, our seniors are really, you know, getting the raw end of the deal because they have to pay into this. Well, without going too far into it, when you think about this is probably the last mortgage uh, you'll ever do, you know, is it expensive or the fact that you're going to literally save your house by getting a reverse mortgage? Is that expensive? Here's the biggest thing where we find out 
you know, exactly, well, why is there a 2% upfront cost on the appraised value of the home? Remember, we're talking about it being expensive. There is a provision in the reverse mortgage called a non-recourse feature. What that non-recourse feature means and, and actually what you're paying for with that 2% charge on the appraised value, okay? There's a lot of moving parts there. Hope I'm not confusing our audience, but non-recourse means that you can never owe more than the home is worth. And you're literally paying into the fund that makes sure that that's never gonna happen. So for instance, non-recourse means that, um, let's say that Mr. and Mrs. Jones bought the, uh, did a reverse mortgage um, and years later, uh, either the market maybe has declined or their reverse mortgage balance has exceeded the appraised value of the home. Well, in some cases, there would be what's called a um, deficiency judgment that would be passed on to the heirs. But with a reverse mortgage, because of the non-recourse feature, that difference is made up by an insurance claim. And that's what the FHA insurance is in place for. And that's what enables the non-recourse feature to, to kick in. So when we think things are, when, when people say they're, they're so expensive, well, you're paying for a feature that actually is a huge benefit to the estate, but also it gives the borrower peace of mind knowing that, hey, I'm not gonna saddle my kids. If in the event that I owe more than the home is worth when I pass, I'm not gonna saddle them with a bunch of debt. So those are the three main things that the homeowner stays on title, they own the home, any remaining equity goes to the heirs. And when you think about it, they're not expensive at all. It's a huge provision that you would probably pay a lot more money for if you, uh, you know, really uh, could grasp um, the power of it in protecting the estate's value. Great. No, thank you for walking us through that. And um, if we can, I'd love just to take a very rudimentary example, again, so our audience can understand this. So if, for example, the home was worth $100,000 and the couple or family owned it outright. Um, so there's a $2,000, 2% or $2,000 upfront fee. Is that correct? That's correct. And then how does it work? Will they receive 100% of the assessed value of their home? Uh, no, in a reverse mortgage, depending on the age. So there's three things that determine how much equity is available in a reverse mortgage. Um, the first thing is, of course, the appraised value of the home. You know, in this case, it's 100,000. The second thing is the age of the youngest borrower. Okay. So sometimes you have borrowers that are varying in age, um, but they do go by the age of the youngest borrower. So let's say that you had a, you know, a 70 year old, they would qualify for roughly 55 to 60% of the home's appraised value. So you're never going to, you're never going to hundred percent loan to value, but it's going to stop depending on the age right around 65%. Okay, wonderful, that's 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 great. And then can you give us an approximation, like how does it work on the, the fee? Is it like an interest rate that we're used to when we take out a home equity or you know, a, 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 uh, a refinance? How does that work? Yeah, so there is. It's um, the reverse mortgage rates, typically like 85% of all the reverse mortgages I help families with are adjustable. So always with an adjustable rate mortgage, there's two parts. There's an index, which fluctuates, and then there is a margin, which never changes. 
So generally right now, of course, in a rising interest rate environment, you know, you're going to have margins in the, you know, five and a half, six and a half percent. And then the index, um, you know, is what that is. And so you're, you're looking at a, uh, a HECM mortgage with an interest rate of, you know, in the low nines. So what happens in the mechanics of it is that every month there is a payment that's accruing based on the amount that you've borrowed. Similar, if you're a homeowner, Roger, that you would have a principal and interest payment. Yes. So that payment is still, that that amount is still being generated, but it's being deferred each and every month up until the time that the home is sold. Okay. So that's the way that works. It is, you know, compounding um, and it there's never a minimum payment due but those are the mechanics. There is an interest rate associated with the amount being borrowed. And every month that balance is growing. So there is a thing called equity erosion. But the benefit of never having to make a mortgage payment is a huge relief to you know, a lot of people. Um, and then, of course, the stipulation is it must be your primary residence. Uh, you've got to you know, you've got to be living in the home and you must make sure that you pay your property taxes and your homeowner's insurance and keep the house, you know, in relatively good shape. So those are really the only uh, three things that, you know, have to happen. Okay. So if we're looking at the difference between a refinance of a home and a reverse mortgage, in the case of a refinance, you're obviously going to have to pay that money back every month at the interest rate that you locked it in at, right? Whereas with a reverse mortgage, you're saying there's no repayment or monthly payment or minimum payment? Correct. No, never a minimum payment required. All you're responsible for is paying the property taxes and homeowners insurance. Got it. Okay. And if the borrower does not own the house 100%, so let's take that same scenario, $100,000 value. Uh, the, the, the youngest uh, person on the mortgage is 70 years old. So they, they get 50% of it. But what if they owe you know, what if they owe 25,000 on that house? Does that come off of the top? Yeah, yeah, so that that has to be, you would be paying the existing traditional mortgage off with the reverse mortgage. So in this case, you know, if there's 50,000 available in equity, that 25,000 would be paid off and then there'd be 25,000 in available equity to them to use as they wish for whatever they wish. Got it. Very great. Uh, thank yeah. you for walking us through that. That's it makes a lot more sense to me now, and I'm sure mm-hmm. for our our listeners as well. Uh, so, um, I don't know if you went through some of this, but one of the things you'd like to talk about is an income preservation strategy. Is that what we just discussed, or is that something in addition to? Yeah, it's it's something in addition to, and it's actually a strategy. When you think about, you know, who can I help a reverse mortgage with? but it really falls into one of three categories. Um, there are folks, it's a needs-based mortgage. In other words, they, they really need to do the reverse mortgage or they need to sell the home. And in some cases, it's perfectly fine to sell the home. It just didn't work out for them in that case that a reverse mortgage was able to help them. So that is kind of like the mortgage, they call it a mortgage of last resort, but hey, it's nice to have options, isn't it? Yeah. So let's say that, you know, Mrs. Jones, and I'm just going to use this as an example. Um, 
she might be a widow and a third of the income or two thirds of the income may have gone away uh, when her husband passed. So now she's got to figure out how to stay in the home, how to maintain the home and how to pay her bills. Well, in that case, that would be a perfect example for a reverse mortgage. She wants to stay in the home. She wants to be in the community that she raised her family in. And she wants her kids and grandkids and great grandkids to be able to come over to the house and still make memories. Right. So right. that's kind of the first, that's the first part. Right? Those are, those are folks that really need to do the reverse mortgage to stay in the home. The second group of folks are ones that, you know, they've retired. They have adequate income coming in. Maybe they have some savings. Um, but you know, if there was a, if they need to replace the car or replace the roof or replace the water heater, just little expenses that, that come up in life, um, they may have to put that on a credit card. And when you're on a fixed income, you know, putting things on a credit card are kind of, is kind of a financial death spiral, right? So these folks could really be held by a reverse mortgage in that we create a line of credit that they can draw on when they need it. And um, it's there, it can never be canceled, it can never be reduced. And this is something that's, when you compare, you're, you were uh, mentioning, I think a home equity line of credit where you take the loan out, it's there available for you. Uh, when you wanna use it, you have to make uh, interest only payments on it. It's typically only good for 10 years. Uh, and then it, it goes, you can't borrow on it anymore. You're just paying it back in a straight principal and interest payment. Well, that's a HELOC. That's a home equity line of credit. The HECM, which is the home equity conversion mortgage or the reverse mortgage, that can be set up as a line of credit that cannot be touched regardless of what happens to the home value um, or uh, the, um, it, it, like, the reason that, like I had a home equity line of credit in 2008 or, you know, whatever amount it was. Um, I got a letter from, well, it's Chase in this case. Uh, they had my mortgage and they said, um, dear Mr. Browse, um, we, you know, we've frozen your, your line of credit due to a national housing crisis. And I thought, man, this is, you know, I don't need to have this taken away from me right now. Right. You know, 2008, the heart of the recession, I'm in the mortgage industry. And all of a sudden my bank just pulled my safety net out from under my feet. I knew that that could happen because I'd actually, you know, done seminars on, you know, why the home equity line of credit might not be the best vehicle to use uh, in a time when the, you know, the housing market's a little bit on, on unstable ground. So just know that, you know, America, your home equity line of credit uh, can be frozen or canceled at the push of a button by your bank. So why is a home equity conversion mortgage superior, in my opinion, to a HELOC? Well, it can't be canceled or reduced. So that line of credit can be a lifesaver for a lot of people um, just to have it there. Um, they're not being charged for it. And it's just there. And here's the thing, when we were talking about a buffer, the third bucket, you know, so I mentioned there's three, you know, not buckets, but three categories of people that may take advantage of a reverse mortgage. The first one is the folks that really need to do it. The second are folks that are doing fine, but if there is something that happened, they may have to put some 
of the expenses on a credit card. Now, the third, the third is kind of the one where I tend to uh, put a lot of my efforts on and it comes full, cir full circle to my branding because what does David say that, as he say it, that um, marketing is, uh, advertising is the seed, marketing is where you're going to plant your seed. Is that how it goes? Yes. I, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but um, so when it comes to branding, what audience am I trying to reach with the offering that I have? So my really my biggest deal is is trying to educate financial professionals on the strategic use of equity to pr prevent their clients from going through a financial calamity during the downs of the market, okay? So when we talk about a line of credit, what can it be used for? Well, let's say Mr. and Mrs. Smith um, are retired. They're living off of their, their pension, right? And their pension might be subject to market volatility. It might be exposed to the market. Now, Roger, if you needed, let's say you needed $5,000 a month to live on in retirement, and you kept taking $5,000 a month from your, you know, your pension or a combination of savings. Um, if you kept doing that in a down market, you might exceed the interest that that investment is producing. So what happens is, you know, the market's down, the investment is not spinning off the interest it once was, but you still need to have that $5,000. Is that making sense? Yeah, absolutely. So when you keep continue to take that $5,000, you're eating at the principal or the golden goose that's producing the interest for you to live on. So what a lot of people do is in a down cycle, they continue to take that much money and, you know, as, as their monthly income because they have to. But at the same time, they're depleting the golden goose that's producing the interest. So a strategy that can come alongside a retiree in a down market is to have that line of credit in place, the reverse mortgage line of credit, and begin to supplement your income with that line of credit. Yeah, so, Mike, what, what the question I have is, and I don't know if this is you know something that you would know or, or could guide us on, but what is kind of the magic number? Like if someone has you know, a quarter of a million dollars in savings is, you know, or a half million dollars or a million dollars. Like when does it go from, okay, I have enough savings that I don't need to do a reverse mortgage versus I'm at a point where it's just too risky for me to take that 5,000 a month. Because I think that's what a lot of people think about. Cause you know, people that were responsible and, and saved and they might have a little nest egg or a nice nest egg, but how much does that nest egg, in your opinion, need to be before someone says, well, you know, I think this reverse mortgage opportunity is really the best scenario? Yeah. What I would do, Roger, is defer that question to a financial planner. Uh, but I can tell you that most of the financial planners I know use some kind of software to illustrate what a outcomes from, you know, a retirement plan would look like. And always in most of the software, and here, I'm not dodging the question. I'm just not really qualified, you know, sure. to answer how much somebody would need in retirement because everybody's got a different number. 
But in conceptually, a lot of financial planners are running their plan and they're looking at the customer going, you, you know, you need to, you need to like double up on the amount that you put away every month. And they're in the poor customers think to themselves that that's literally impossible. Like I can't do that, especially now because of inflation. Right. Yeah. So um, what I would say is most of the planning software that I've seen, like I, I'll use one e-money pro, which a lot of financial planners embrace and use to model retirement scenarios for their clients is there is a little, a little area called other. And so what I do is I sit down with a financial planner and say, look, you know, look through your, look through your database. If there's folks that you can identify that might be on the bubble, let's incorporate the reverse mortgage conversation yeah. into your conversation with them. As an and then use that little other, right? Use that little other, plug in potentially what home equity uh, we could leverage and see how it changes their retirement outcome. And it is mind blowing. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it revolutionizes um, some people's retirement plan just to know that you know that's available there. I most of the financial planners that I know um, they have an intake form, and on that intake form, they're learning things about the client. They're learning about their investing style, um, their personality profile when it comes to money. But one of the main things is 100% of the time, they should be asking, do you have a mortgage? What is the balance? What is your interest rate? What is your payment? And most important of all, do you want to have a mortgage going into retirement? Because if you're not asking that question, you're missing out on a third of potentially their overall wealth. Right. Because in America, we acquire you know, wealth in, in one of two places you know, a 401k and in our home. And, at, you know, as you know, being out here um, on the West Coast, it's even more pronounced, you know. So that's, um, I think that that question um, should be asked 100% of the time, uh, not only by, you know, financial planners, but CPAs know, you know, because they're potentially looking at that interest tax deduction. Um, and then, of course, estate planners, you know, because sometimes there is a substantial amount of, of wealth that's being transferred down um, to the heirs, to the estate, or, you know, in some cases it goes to a nonprofit. But the fact of the matter is home equity is a huge pillar of one's own retirement plan. No, I could see that. And again, thank you for walking us through that very thoughtfully because it's it makes a lot more sense and I think it'll give people a lot of options. Um, so let's talk about the state of the economy today. I know um, you know you mentioned inflation it's at its highest in, in 40 years. interest rates are going up and they continue to go up. Uh, the Fed is going to raise them again it looks like. So why is now the time? So if, again, if we're you know in that situation, either a, a single you know retiree or a couple, why is now the time, Mike, for them to think about a reverse mortgage? Yeah. So, and again, I always feel like, and thank you for that question. And as we're, you know, as we're recording this, you know, in October of 2022, um, people that are aware of inflation, as an example, you know, at the beginning of this year, you know, I have a truck 
And I was filling my truck up for about, you know, $60 at the beginning of the year. Today to fill my truck up, it's like 140. So that that is that is not only an increase in gas prices, but that's inflation. My dollar isn't going as far as it was in the beginning of the year. A gallon of milk. You know, they say that, you know, with CPI, it's um it's energy and uh and groceries stripped out, right? But those are two huge parts of, you know, somebody's budget, you know, food and gas. So everything has gone up across the board. Everything is more expensive. And so inflation is real. You know, that, for that, that example of the $5,000 that somebody needs to retire on, well, heck, they may need $6,000 now to retire on. Where is that going to come from? So in my way of thinking, you know, if your home is paid off free and clear, you know, number one, you're sitting on, you know, trapped equity. You know, it's just sitting there. It's not doing anything. And by the way, you know, and I and I don't cross sores with people on this, but I always ask them, what is the rate of return on the equity in your home? You know, and then I'm silent and it's kind of a trick question. I'm not trying to make any feel anybody feel ignorant, but you know, if I was to say what what's the rate of return on the equity in your home, Roger? Yeah. You know, it, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's a goose egg, right? Yeah, exactly. It's yep. just sitting there. And if your home goes down in value, you lost the equity. If it goes up in value, you get the equity. So why not take some of the unknown out of the whole, you know, retirement plan, specifically in, in regards to, you know, inflation. And if you need that $5,000 a month and you keep taking $5,000 a month, you're going to deplete the golden egg, which is producing the interest that you're living on. So whole, the whole idea would be, and an analogy is, when's the best time to check the, the engines on an airplane? When it's on the ground, right? So when is the best time to put something in place that you can perhaps use later that's going to literally save your financial life? So that's why, you know, right now, and even towards the end of the year, you know, everybody's saying it's going to be a cold winter because of interest rates increasing, you know, and, you know, there's kind of three things happening right now. We can, and I can touch on this for just a moment if you'd like me to, as far as you know, economics. So earlier in the year, the feds told us they, that they weren't going to buy, um, they, were, they were going to cease from buying the lion's share of mortgage-backed securities or treasuries. Right. So what that means is that when you don't have a buyer, like a sure buyer for something, it causes instability in the market. OK, so they told us that at the beginning of the year, we knew we would see some you know, reaction of that uh, with regards to interest rates. And a lot of people think that the federal government controls interest rates. They don't. They don't. They control the overnight lending rate to banks. OK. Mortgage rates are, are tied to another instrument, but why is inflation happening and why is interest rates gone, have gone up? Mortgage interest rates have gone up. Well, mortgage interest rates are directly tied to inflation, right? So if you, if you lent you know, $10,000 and you had inflation, when that money was going to be paid back, the $10,000 maybe with some interest, that $10,000 isn't worth $10,000 anymore. Yeah. So you were counting on that interest to make a profit or a, you know, arbitrage, if you will. 
Well, if you don't make the lending price, the lending rate high enough, you're going to end up losing money. Right? Because you're not you're not accounting for inflation. So what's so what's happening right now is the federal government is trying to reduce spending, making interest rates go up, the borrowing rate go up. So you have an issue there. So what's that going to do? Some people are going to qualify to buy that home they were going to buy at the beginning of the year. So that's going to slow things down. And then you have folks that are maybe thinking about financing the car purchase. The interest rate is so high, they might think twice about that and continue to drive the car they had. Yeah. And you know, one other factor there is with regards to the um, you know, interest rate increasing. Well, technically, inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. Hmm. Right. So too many dollars chasing uh, too few goods. Right. Supply chain issues. Right. For a while there, you go into a, a store or a market and uh, there there wouldn't be a lot of things on the shelves. Right. You know, if you go into a Ross or a TJ Maxx, you know, large sections of the stores, you know, there was enough on there. But now that the supply chain, these container ships that are coming with all the goods, you know, have landed and they're being trucked all over the country, you know, via semi. So now all of a sudden um, there is, you know, there's a lot of supply. And so now you have all this supply, but it's more expensive to buy that. So what do you have? You know, you, you start having manufacturing slowdowns because no longer do we need to pump all these goods into the stores because nobody's buying them because everything's more expensive and obviously it's, it's affect their budget. So that's kind of a, in a macro, you know, what's happening right now with inflation. And that's, you know, as we go into November of this year into December, you know, they've already said, yeah, we're going to continue hiking until we get a, a control on inflation. So a lot of people think that, man, that's way overkill. You're going to kill the economy. You know, it's going to be a very cold winter. But like everything else, when you manufacture a recession, you have to, you know, bring out of recession. Everything is cyclical. So when inflation starts to go down, so will interest rates. So we probably won't be in this environment forever. Um, but definitely... Uh, through through the end of the year, uh, which a lot of people are saying, and some people are saying through first quarter, maybe second quarter of next year. So that that's kind of my my take on that. So why should somebody do a reverse mortgage now? Well, the silver lining is home values continue to remain okay. You know, we're not having you know at the Good beginning point. of the year when you put a home on the market, you might have a dozen offers cash for a hundred thousand over. Right. Okay. Well, that's, that's not really happening anymore. One of it's because the interest rates have gone up uh, and it's disqualified some people, but every, nobody wants to buy at the top of the market. Right. So what you have is not a, a decrease really in home values per se, but you have a leveling off. So the silver lining for folks that own homes is that, Hey, Interest rates are up, but the equity the also, yeah. yeah, the money's there to, to borrow again. So I think it's a, I think it's a good thing overall. Um, you know, and here's, and I mean, do you want me to touch on what I, you know, what it, I know this is kind of getting in the weeds on the overall interest rate, housing market, supply chain, inflation, but, you know, I can, I can share with you that uh, a lot of people are concerned 
and they're comparing what's happening now to 2007-2008, you know, when, you know, there was this national housing crisis and, you know, homes were way under value. We, we know that that's, that's probably not going to, to be the case this time around, just because of the, the pent up demand mm -hmm. for homes. There's not enough homes built. Right. There's not enough real estate available. So what determines the value of a home? It will never change. It's always jobs and there's plenty of jobs out there yep. and supply and demand. And in my neck of the woods, they're not making any more land. And so the homes tend to uh, hold their value or, or continue to increase, even if it's a at a moderate pace. I know it's not that way all over the country, but you can see in the hot housing markets, yeah, there has been a settling and people aren't coming in with cash and, you know, 100,000 over asking, but the home values are, you know, tend to be steady and look at inventory levels. Yeah. You know, inventory levels are, are still way off, even going into the winter months when people tend to say, hey, you know, I'm not going to put my home on the market going into the winter months. I'm going to wait for the spring selling season uh, and do it then. So, um, but specifically with regards to reverse, um, you know, and how we can help people. Um, I think it's a great time uh, to at least begin to get educated about how a reverse mortgage can help um, help their parents, help themselves, and really solve some problems that are you know very real out there, especially especially now with inflation. Mike, this was you know so informative. I I really appreciate you taking the time to walk us through this. I definitely learned. Uh, a ton today. I know our listeners will as well. So thank you for that. I did want to sh shift gears just a little bit because uh, you and I had a chance to chat briefly before the call. And you were telling me about the uh, conference that you attended this week, the Peter Vargas 10X Stages event. And I'd love for you to just touch on that and, and tell us about your experience there, why you feel it's important, and maybe we could enlighten some people today about the opportunity that is there. Yeah, I really feel like your, you know, your audience, Roger, is, uh, you know, one of your audience is folks that are writers, and I believe once they've uh, published a book, there has to be a way to get the message out. Um, in addition to be it to it sitting, you know, on the bookshelves at Barnes and Noble, which you know the bookstore is almost kind of a, a vanishing breed. But what Pete Vargas does is he. Pete Vargas and uh, his business partner, uh, Pat Quinn, is they prepare people uh, with a signature talk. So when they have the opportunity to go on stage, whether it be a digital stage or a physical stage, to really have their message uh, ready, their signature talk ready. And really a signature talk is just a story. And I can share my story with you if there's time or um, we can, you know. Absolutely. Look at it some other time, but yeah, no, I'd be happy to. And so what it really does is it takes folks um, who are, feel like they, you know, there's a message burning inside their chest and they really feel like, look, my book can change a lot of lives. You know, every generation that, you know, there's this, the saying is there's nothing new under the sun, right? but your story, Roger, and other people's stories and my story for that matter because it comes from my heart and my experience, it doesn't matter if it's been, you know, written about or talked about through the years. It's your story and it's my story. Therefore, it's going to resonate 
with my generation, with the people that I'm able to attract with my message. So the stages is designed to really prepare you for when you go on your own stage or really other people's stages. And that's where the power is. If you're a guest on a pod podcast, successful podcasters like yourself, um, really, I mean, tr true or false, you always like to have fresh content. And you're always wanting to Absolutely. discover <laughs> discover the story, right? Yes. I mean, that's that's kind of what we do is to add value to people. We want them to be able to share their story. So whether you're going on a stage at, you know, GrowthCon, uh, which is, you know, attended by, you know, thousands of people, or whether you're on a digital stage, you know, on a podcast that has, you know, a half a million listeners, you've got to have a story. Um, you may know all day long about your life and the things that have happened, but unless you can distill it and be able to present it in a way that a hearer, you know, would want to listen and, and it have an impact on them. And in that impact would subsequently want them to pick up your book or to learn more about you. But I had, I had a, a few years ago, um, there was a lady named Bonnie that was referred to me and Bonnie was referred to me by a realtor partner. And she, uh, I called her, we met together in her home and she says, Mike, I've heard a lot of bad things about reverse mortgages. I'm a little scared. And instead of telling her, you know, the myths about reverse mortgages, I said, Bonnie, what would be your goal? Why are we, why am I even here? Why are we talking about this? Tell me what you see, how your life would be different if you were able to get some of the equity out of your home and into your bank account and for you to use on an ongoing basis. And she goes, Mike, um, my husband died uh, rather suddenly. He was sick, but when he went, he went really quick. And so two thirds of my income went away. And really after he passed, I've had to you know, relook at the budget, cut some things out of my budget. And then I realized, hey, I'm gonna have to get a part-time job. You know, I'm 75 years old. There's not a lot for me to do. I didn't wanna stand on my feet all day in front of a Walmart greeting people. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But that just wasn't me. I have a, so she told me, she says, I got a newspaper route. And before I tell you how she kind of was making it with that part-time job, let me tell you a couple of the other things that she shared with me that she wanted to do. She said, Mike, there's a few th things with the house. You know, while he was sick, things didn't get done. There's a, there's a little bit of deferred maintenance on the home that needs to be taken care of. I need about $10,000 for that. And then the other thing was I love to knit. You know, I love to knit. I love to share my knitting with my community. And she had this ginormous... Um, I don't know what it's called, it, but it filled up her whole living room. And it was basically a commercial thing that she could literally make carpets with or, you know, large blankets. And so that's what she was doing. It was, it was her hobby. And here's the most, there's the number one thing that she told me. And I, and I knew this was important to her because uh, she started to, to tear up. She says, Mike, I really want to spend time with my grandkids. And my, one of my sons is in the military. Um, he's got three grandkids. They're all the way across the country. It costs a lot of money for he and his wife to put the kids on an airplane to come out here to see grandma. And I really want to see them. So to kind of, you know, I'll make, I'll kind of not give you every detail, 
Um, but I will tell you one thing about the job that she had throwing newspapers. She would go at like five in the morning, I think 4.30 in the morning to where the newspapers were manufactured. She would take the stacks of bundled new, raw newspapers back to her home and in her garage, you know, she would cut the strap, she would fold them, put them in the plastic and then put them in a gigantic um, hefty bag and then drive her van around and throw newspapers. Hmm. Well, this particular newspaper company said, look, you can't use, um, excuse me, let me back up. She was, she actually had a room in, where the newspapers were made, the printing press for the newspaper company. She, they actually gave her a heated room in the wintertime to fold the newspapers. Right. So she could do that all right there. She could, you know, fold them, you know, put them in the plastic and then put them in a big bag, put them in her van and then drive her route. Well, okay. they told her, um, you know, we don't have this room for you to use anymore. Hmm. And um, so she would in the wintertime, she would have had to take that home and in the garage. That's really the only place there would be to fold them. It was cold. You know, and she, you know, she's, you know, not used to, you know, bundling up in her garage. Not that we have extreme weather shifts up here but you know it gets in the 30s you know so and, and nobody wants to be out there at you know 4 35 o'clock in the morning folding a newspaper without a heated environment she said it was killing her she said right. she hated it so the first thing she was going to do um as soon as she got rid of her existing mortgage payment with a reverse mortgage is she's going to quit her job and she was going to get the house fixed up and then she was going to go see her kids and grandkids so we, we got that done and everything was fine. She, you know, we hugged and she thanked me so much for literally changing her life and allow her to do some of the things that she wanted to do. Well, here's kind of the, the bummer part. Um, she had gone, she took like three weeks to go visit her, her son and her, her grandkids. She went and saw her daughter and um, did all that. It was taking pictures, was sending me photos on the, on her, on her iPhone. And I was so happy, you know, that we were able to help her do this. And about six months later, I got a call from her daughter and her daughter said, you know, as there was that, you know, the call you, not necessarily that you don't want to get, but you know, when your day's going and then somebody's, somebody gives you, gives you a message that just makes your heart sink. Well, she said, Hey, my mom just passed away. Um, and I want to know what to do with the reverse mortgage. And I, I was just, you know, dumbfounded. First of all, you know, I was so sad for myself right? because I really care for this this person. I go, what? Well, I'm so sorry to hear that. What happened? She goes, well, you know, she went on that trip. I go, yeah, I know she went on that trip. And then when she got back, she had like a cough and she went to the doctor and they say, there's, there's, there's a mass on, you know, on your lungs. It's inoperable. You've got about three weeks to live. Wow. And I said, oh my goodness, that, you know, that's, you know, what a bummer, you know, I didn't say what a bummer, but it's like, well, and then, but the lady told me and what I, you know, the daughter told me and what I really embraced later was that Mike, she was so happy that she was able to take the last literally days of her life and spend it with her creating those memories with her kids and her grandkids. Right. Plus she got to take a house that was, that she was able to button up and really prepare for, for whatever the kids wanted to do with it. So that, that was the power you know, of a reverse mortgage and how it affected her life. And that plays out, you know, across, you know, across the nation um, on a pretty regular basis where we're really 
impacting lives by allowing them, giving them permission to harvest the equity in their home to really do what they want to do. She didn't know that she was going to be gone in, in a less than a year from the time that we began to talk. Right. Right. Wow. She was able to do that. Oh, amazing story. Amazing story. So great, Mike. This has been tremendous. Uh, again, thank you for educating us today. Uh, before I let you go, I do have one last question that I'd like to ask every guest, and I think it's really relevant for you. You're helping hundreds of families, as we talked about in the beginning. But at the end of the day, you still have a lot of life to live. What do you want your legacy to be? What kind of mark do you want to leave on this earth? I really appreciate you asking me that. And it's been an absolute pleasure. You're, you're a great interviewer. Um, you know, I feel with my values that the family is the building block of any modern society. And I know that the number one reason that people end up calling it quits in a marriage is because of money. It's around money. So I, if I can affect that area of people's lives, especially uh, during the last maybe few chapters of their life in retirement, that, that, that is legacy material, material for me. The other thing is a lot of people aren't aware of this, but the number one reason that people take their life, suicide, is no, they have no hope around money. So that's another area. I believe that if somebody can get through their, their time where they don't feel like their life is worth anything, they're not impacting anybody, nobody cares about them. If we can get them through that, on the other side of that, they have a chance of really becoming what God put them on this planet to become and do. So money is a big deal. Money is the number one reason people decide to take their lives. No hope around money. So if I can affect family and legacy, and generational wealth, and if I can just touch somebody and help them figure out the money thing, that for me is a huge impact. If I do nothing else but those two things, um, you know, with my occupation, I think I think that's a win, and I would definitely consider that success. That's wonderful, Mike. Mike, welcome to the American Real Family. Thank you so much. Uh, for people that want to reach you, what is the best way? I know we have your website here, but what's the best way for them to reach you? And I know you also have that free calculator on your website. Yeah, go ahead and go to uh, NorCalReverse.com norcalreverse.com or you can simply type in my name uh, www.michaelbrouse.com it'll take you to the same place or give me a call or give me a text 707-888-8230 a lot of people say mike you shouldn't give your your personal cell phone away hey i want to help people if i can help you if i can help somebody you know if you have any questions about what we've talked about 707-888 8230. Awesome, Mike. Thanks again. And I cannot wait to air this episode. Thank you, Roger. I really appreciate the time. And uh, I really appreciate what you're doing uh, with the messages you're getting out there through your, through your platform. It's my pleasure. Thanks for tuning into American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, 
check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.